What's up, bros and broettes? It's Ponderous Bro Lion back with another episode of League of Bros. Ra- okay, I'm sorry. That's not even funny, ironically. Anyways, Ponderous Sea Lion back with another episode of League of Legends Radio. First off, before I jump into talking about whatever interesting thing I'm going to talk about, I would like to talk a little bit about myself personally. No, it's not going to be my life story. Don't get that yet. But recently. I just got back into Diamond 4. I got carried in all my games from Diamond 5 to Diamond 4, so that was great. Thanks, teams. But League, I almost exist in a state of permatilt because of this game. Like, I, I think that my mind is completely cleared, and then I log into play, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so bad at this game. It's not even funny how much I suck right now. So I think that part of the issue is that I've been oversaturating myself with League doing this podcast, I'm not going to quit, don't worry, just doing this podcast, playing only ranked games, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to turn it back a little bit. And one of the main ways I'm going to do this is I'm going to start playing some other games and trying to get good at those games. So I already downloaded Dota. I played a bot match. Uh, it it kind of makes sense to me right now. A lot of it's very similar to League. <laughs> Who would have guessed? But And I'm also going to buy Counter-Strike probably this weekend. CSGO, not just regular Counter-Strike. You know what I mean. So you might see some more content having to do with those. Of course, I'm not going to be nearly as good at them as I am at League, at least not yet, but I think that I can get to a pretty decent level in Dota much faster than I got to this level in League. We'll see how that goes. I might stream some of it. Speaking of, I'm going to be streaming this weekend, so if you guys get this episode between Wednesday and Friday, check check it out on Saturday. My Twitch is going to be in the description twitch.tv slash ponderous sea line so if you guys want to come interact with me ask me some questions if you have any questions about maybe how i make the show or what kind of planning goes into every show just jump on into my twitch and send me a question uh another thing that i'm going to start doing is diversifying myself on social media and diversifying the kind of content that i create so like i mentioned there's going to be multiple games now But the other thing to keep in mind is that I'm also going to be moving onto Twitch with the streaming, blah, blah, blah. And I'm also going to start uploading things on YouTube. As of right now, I don't know what that's going to look like. It might be some vlogs. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some vlogging in there. It might be some gameplay. It might be some game analysis, just highlight videos or something. I have no idea. Going to figure it out as I go along. But I will be creating that YouTube channel sometime in the next week and hopefully before... November is over. I can get some stuff uploaded onto that. So yeah, just some some updates to look for in the future. If you don't care about any of that, you just want to watch League, eh, at least you get streaming now. With all that out of the way, for this episode, I'm going to be talking about the changes that Riot seems to be making for the preseason. A lot of this is in very early testing phase. I don't even know if it's gone live on the PBE yet. Nonetheless, I will be looking into it. So Without further ado, let's jump on in to this so-called preseason 2016 and hope that Riot didn't screw everything up again. 
preseason 2016 crests the horizon by Pwiff. That sounds really uplifting and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Optimistic, that's the word. That sounds very optimistic. Well, I'm not one for pessimism. I mean, I am, but you know what I mean. So, let's just see what stupid stuff Riot has done this time. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maybe it's not stupid. Maybe I'm just a cynic, but... Uh, I don't know. We'll just get into it. I'll just stop talking. Well, not stop. You know what I mean. Welcome to preseason 2016. We're trying to keep the conversation low-key. Dude, so I can just hang with my bros so low-key. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> low-key for now with the world's final right around the corner, but... By the way, nice plug. With a pile of changes hitting the PvE soon, we wanted to get ahead with our gameplay. It was italicized. That's how you... That's how you... When you're reading words, that's how you say italicized things. You say, like, gameplay goals or whatever for this preseason. You'll hear more from the other teams at Riot with more than just gameplay. That was bolded, sorry. But we'll keep this focused on what changes will be hitting the PBE for this preseason and the upcoming 2016 season. Let's talk seasonal goals. You may have already seen our early work with the ability power itemization changes in patch 513 to the Juggernaut update in 516, but our goal for the 2016 is to make each game of League of Legends feel unique. From the different champion strengths you bring to the items you take to battle all the way to the masteries you choose, we want your decisions to matter and have a clear impact on how each game plays out. That said, this preseason we're focusing on dot 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 ellipsis, etc. Okay, I know I haven't read through the whole thing. I mean, I've read through the whole thing. Maybe you have, but I haven't, you know. <sighs> God, I hate this. <laughs> but... One thing that I'm already kind of wary of, and this is not just cynicism, this is an actual thing that I'm kind of concerned about, is that Riot Games has this this tendency of wanting everyone to have it their way all the time and be able to play the game that they want to play it, quote-unquote, despite the more intense focus on the enforcement of the meta Riot still seems to think that they promote gameplay that is unique every game. And, I mean, having a roster of 120 champions already, you would think, would make each game unique. Wow, with so many different champions, surely there's got to be infinite number of team comps. And yet, I know that you've all had the same team comps multiple times before in Ranked. And the reason is because not everything is created equal in this game. Riot seems to think that, how do I put this, instead of perfecting what they already have, they have this tendency to just scrap whatever system they have in place and then try and do something new with it and try to take it in this new direction that they think is going to fix all the problems. Sometimes it's pretty cool. Like, I like the trinket idea, um, like the idea of trinkets that was introduced, I think, at the beginning of Season 4. That was cool. There's some other things that they've done right, but a lot of the time, and I will give them the AP atomization update, that was good, but a lot of the time what happens when you have a game as diverse as League is that it's just not possible 
to balance all of it. You can't balance a roster of 120 champions. It's just not doable. We keep releasing new champions, and a lot of them are often pick or ban or very strong. And it just ends up pushing older ones out of the way. And it doesn't really create any more uniqueness in gameplay. It's just like, okay, that's another one that's pick or ban. That's one of the five best jungles that are the only ones that are going to get picked. Instead of focusing on making each game of League of Legends feel unique, maybe we just need to focus on fixing what we've got in place. Like, Zizzerot Portal barely ever gets built. It's got a good niche, but maybe there's a way to get players to build it more often. That would make the game feel unique. That's a unique strategy point for players to work around. The the split push, split push Zizzerot. You've got to work around it. You've got to send someone back to kill it or it'll destroy your base. It's a cool idea. Why do we not see more work being done with it to make it maybe more appealing to players to buy or anything like that. Why is it so rarely built? Let's look at that instead of focusing on just scrapping these old systems and trying to rebuild from the ground up. Let's just fix what we've got now. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going to keep reading. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just has a tendency of being a very difficult game to balance and scrapping old systems does not typically yield the results that we expect it to. A lot of the time, it just ends up being completely overpowered. That said, this preseason, we're focusing on updating Marksmen. Through the years, Marksmen have lacked meaningful differences with their identity identities typically centered on the same thing, do lots of damage from range. In cases like these, if you're being judged on only one competition damage, you get a pr- pretty obvious power ranking with no real roster depth. This is kind of what I was talking about 10 seconds ago with champions just being strictly better than others. This happens in every role. I don't know why they think it's specific to marksmen, because, like, yeah, you've got different kinds of junglers. You've got assassins, you've got tanks, but it's always going to be one specific type that's prevalent in a specific meta. So, I mean, there's still a pretty clear power ranking every time. That's all I'm saying. Our goal is similar to our work with Juggernauts, where we... Yeah, that went so well. (laughs) Where we targeted a group of champions, in this case, six... Six marksmen! It was bold. Corky, Misfortune, Graves, Caitlyn, Kogma, and Quinn, who occupied similar strategic spaces and gave them a little more uniqueness? What? <laughs> what, what does that even mean? Corky, Misfortune, Graves, Caitlyn, Kog... What? Those champions have nothing in common besides being marksmen. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't get it. I, are Corky and Caitlyn... Are Kogma and Quinn considered similar champions now? Can, can someone... Am I missing something? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just legitimately have no idea what they're trying to say here. Anyways, we're doing this in two ways. How the marksman plays and how the team plays with them. For the first, since marksmen are so concerned with their basic attacks, we want to make sure each feels different. It was italicized. Should you have brought that shotgun to a javelin battle? Maybe what? <laughs> what am I reading? I don't understand this. <laughs> you only if you're playing Graves, the only weapon you've got is a shotgun. I don't what? <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys probably don't think this is as funny as I do, but I just I I'm, I'm so okay. I'm focused. I'm focused for real this time. For the second approach, we want to really push the breadth of what a marksman offers, much like how you pick Ash for global stuns or Sivir when you gotta go fast. Dude, Riot Games 
the memeiest. Or misfortune when you need some wombo for your combo. We want teams to think different think different based on who's joining the fray. That's supposed to be differently. I can't go through any of these without finding a typo, apparently. Marksman itemization. Hand in hand with the updates for Marksman, we're bringing some deep changes to Marksman items like we did with ability power purchases and juggernaut gear. Right? You should just stop mentioning the juggernaut update. No. Like, just keep talking about the ability power one. It's like, everyone's going to be like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then... Just like, Juggernaut never happened. I think that would suit you better. Anyways, when we first tackled AP items, we wanted to accommodate the mages who blow up squishies while also offering equal opportunities for those who control the battlefield. When it comes to attack damage items, however, marksmen will always be focused on what lets them deal the most damage at any given point in time. Knowing this, we're offering more options when it comes to who or what you want to fight and how you contribute to your team through that choice. So whether you want to be a lone gunman dueling on the edge of the fight or the Nimble Spellcaster, the Siege Machine, and Tower Crusher, we're providing you with the right items to buy so you can take out the right targets. This is going to fail. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for that, but this is not going to go well. It, it's just not going to work because, like, you all, you've all you heard it a million times by now. What do marksmen want to do? They hit who's, at, who's in front of them. That's what they do. There's no, like, yes, there are assassin marksmen like Vayne or Twitch, but they still end up just hitting what's in front of them. That's why this isn't going to work. Sorry. Sorry to burst your bubble, Riot, but it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Marksmen are always going to want to attack what's in front of their faces. No amount of enticement from you is going to change that. That's just their role in a team. I don't see why you can't just accept that and try and... I don't know. Whatever. Keystone Masteries. We're updating the mastery system to offer focused, high-impact choices rather than a slew of nuanced micro-math optimizations. Okay, that sounds good. This I like. Each Mastery Chi will have three tiers. Each successive tier you invest in, you'll be able to pick up some stats and a choice of one of three potential Masteries. You can only choose one. Tier 1 Masteries will be nice to have, but not game-changing. Tier 2s will have decent amount of strength, but Tier 3s, we're calling them Keystone Masteries, will be the ones that really augment your place. Can we get, like, Keith Stone from the, Keith, <laughs> from the Keystone Light commercial? They got that guy, Keith Stone. He's so smooth, it's unbelievable. You know that guy? subliminal advertising in League of Legends or ML. But really, I want to see him do something. We're still experimenting in this space, but an example would be a Keystone Mastery that lets your damaging ability also bleed enemy champions for a portion of your bonus AD and AP over time. Or one that grants a movement speed boost the moment you deal a large chunk of damage to an enemy champion. Vain. By condensing power into clear decision points, the masteries you take from game to game should have an impact on your playstyle, and we want to offer multiple mastery paths for the most champions in League. Ugh, you had a good idea, and then you had to ruin it with a dumb statement like that. Everyone's going to take the same things every game. I I'm going to pick which one. I'm going to try all three on Master Year, or however many there are. I'm going to be like, yep, that one's better, and that's it. Especially on champions like Marksmen or Mages, who play in much the same way every game. Like, at least Master Yi's got some flexibility with how he builds and how he plays. Like, Marksmen are just... Yeah, it's not gonna work. Whatever. <laughs> vision and support items. Two seasons ago, we did a major revamp of the vision system by introducing sight stones, trinkets, and ward limits. 
This season, we're adding more options for the those about to ward up. Also, we salute you. I don't, I don't get this block. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Like the, it's the most. What's this, such a random thing to say? Is it like just saluting support mains specifically? And then, and then they try and talk about how they're making it a team effort to get vision. This blog makes no sense. Our goal with vision is twofold. First, we want to keep pushing the vision game as a team effort. See? See? We salute those who are about to ward up. Oh, by the way, you're all going to ward up, so I guess we're just saluting everyone willy-nilly. Salute, salute, salute. I'm saluting right now. I know you can't see it, but I'm doing it. It I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. What am I reading? This was written by a madman. Pwiff. Come on. Jeez. I I can't. Uh, I, I uh, imagine me as a Caucasian female because I just I can't even right now. Holy! Our goal with Vision is twofold. First, we want to keep pushing the Vision game as a team effort, and second, we want to make Vision more dynamic than days past. For that first goal, we're doing two things like free trinket upgrades for all, along with the option for tier two support items to upgrade into either powerful tier three active items. Or slot efficient site stone upgrades. Thank you. That's what support mains were asking for. More item actives. Can we give them more cooldown reduction too? Because, you know, it's not like every support build ends up with 80% cooldown reduction by the end of it. Anyways, because you put cooldown reduction on every support item so they're guaranteed. I got a little excited. Sorry about that. But, but for real. We don't need more support item actives. Whatever. I don't play support. Maybe I'm just stupid. For the second goal, we're removing... Or removing its italicized stealth wards from the shop, so teams will need to rely more heavily on their pink and blue trinket wards to get the vision control they need. In tandem with this change, however, we're also adding new feature in ward debris when a ward passes on, by giving you the ability to see the dead bodies of wards who've moved on with their lives. Can we just say died? <laughs> Are we trying to be cinematic in the dev blogs now? I don't get it. You'll be able to learn more about your opponent's vision habits as well as your own. This I hate. <laughs> I hate everything about this. First of all, it... What, what's a nice word for stupid people that I can say on my show without offending stupid people? Um, it... It... Uh, nimrods. It rewards nimrods who didn't buy wards before by saying, Hey, here's wards for free. You earn this. And just catering to the lowest common denominator in a pseudo-competitive setting, saying, Oh yeah, look, you're contributing to Vision. You're such a good player. Bing! <laughs> Go get him, Johnny. I don't... I don't know. And it's... You did nothing. You didn't earn that Vision control. Like, the trinkets were a good idea because... Let's face it, having no Vision control at six item slots is crappy. So... I'm not I'm not trying to bash trinkets. I am bashing the trinket upgrades being free because those are something that separates good players from bad players. And here Riot goes again, talked about this on a previous episode, making League of Legends anti-snowball. You don't deserve to know where their wards are after they die. You did nothing to uncover said wards. You didn't do anything, so you shouldn't get any benefit. I'm tired of Riot giving people benefits for doing nothing. Like, bounty gold should not be a thing. It's stupid. It's, hey, you're doing really well. If you die, your team is screwed, and it's... <sighs> I feel like my frustration is palpable right now, but... 
eh, don't like the vision changes. You should have to buy wards. That should be part of League of Legends. And you shouldn't be able to see your opponent's dead wards that you didn't actually kill because you, you, don't, you didn't earn that. You didn't earn getting to see their vision habits. It's Being able to see your own ward debris, that's cool. Like That lets you know where you've been warding where you haven't, but you shouldn't get to see your opponent's ward. Starting items. In hand with our goal to offer a diverse preseason, we decided to take a gander at starting items. When there are standard starting item builds for every single game of League, the end result is these builds tend to benefit very slightly certain champions over others. We're taking a different approach this preseason by offering more clearing opening paths so that players can refine their playstyles with real choices rather than just opting for a generally powerful start. You'll see these changes reflected in two sets of items, starting power items and sustain. Okay, um... There already is... There already are multiple starting paths. For example, my... My good friend Jordan Shinfinger Williams of ImproveYourLeague.com. What's that? ImproveYourLeague.com? You haven't heard of it? No. Okay, but... The Renekton main. He... Either will start... Like a cloth armor or something and... Or, uh, I mean a longsword... And just go to the lane if he knows they're starting a camp and just instantly shove two waves under their tower, recall, get a cloth armor and some potions and go back to lane and just dominate if it's like a Riven or something, even more than he already would have. He can always start a Doran's Blade and just start a camp, or he can just go straight to lane with cloth 5 or longsword 3 or something and just do it that way. There's already multiple ways for him to start off the game. It just depends on what he what he wants to do. Same thing for supports. There's multiple items, and most of them benefit most champions, or at least Ancient Coin works on anyone, really. And there's no real reason why we need to change this up. Just, it like, strategic choices don't need to be a thing in the spawn platform, necessarily. You're already thinking of, do you want to invade? How are you going to play the lane? All this other crap. You don't need the choice of an item also over your head. There's no point. Doran's Blade you buy it, or Dorn's Ring, my bad, you buy it on mages. It's got all the stats a mage would want. That's why you buy it on mages. Dorn's Blade, really good on 80 carries, so you buy it on 80 carries. Items are meant to be built based on how the game progresses. Let me put it that way. Defensive items, you buy it based on who's fed. Offensive items, you, base it on how, you buy it based on how fed you are. In the spawn platform, you're neither of those things. Nobody's fed, nobody's done anything, no harm, no foul. You don't need to have, oh, by the way, strategic diversity looking you in the face. It doesn't matter. Regardless, I, I digress. Meaningful counterplay doesn't need to be a thing when you're in the spawn platform. It's not, you haven't done anything for your opponents to counterplay yet, so there's no point. If you figure out within a couple minutes of laning that the Zed you're laning against is a Diamond 1 Smurf, you're probably going to back and get a... Seeker's arm guard as quickly as you can. That's because your opponent is good, so you're buying items to save your own life and counter him. Conversely, if the Zed you're leaning against is a Bronze 5 smurf, you don't have to buy that early thing. You can just buy more raw damage and kill him. That's making that's what itemization is. It's basing your current needs on what your opponent is doing, how they're playing. It, right? It's so contradictory. Riot says that they're promoting better, quote-unquote, diversity by doing this, when it really just shoehorns you into building this item purely based on lane matchup. It, it doesn't make any sense why you would 
you don't need this. You just need your first item is just is meant for sustain or for cheesing. It, you already know what you want to buy. I'm done with this. I'm done with this specific section. For items you're bringing to lane, we're using the Doran set, Blade, Ring, and Shield as a baseline generalist group that provide all the broad stats you want, which is what you need for lane. From there, we expanded your options to provide a few more specialized approaches like Cull, a light skirmishing AD starting item that provides less defensive stats than Doran's Blade, but gives bonus gold for killing a set number of minions. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't get it. Why? <laughs> we don't need that. Damn you, Riot Games. As for sustain items, we first started with health and mana potions. Health pots are going up in price to better position them as a purchase for those who just need some sustain to get past the early game. Everyone needs some sustain. I don't get it. They're breaking my brain. Any form of long-term sustain we folded into the refillable potions and their subsequent upgrades to really solidify their identity because before it was flask and potions to be a sustain build. Riot, I want you to stop everything you're doing. None of these changes make any sense. You don't need long-term su sustain is for laning phase. There's no such thing as long-term sustain. <laughs> That's not a thing. I can't, I can't deal with this right now. You buy to survive the laning phase or you buy to kill people in the laning phase. You don't buy to sustain past the laning phase. Oh, look at me. I'm level 18, but I've still got my flask. Why? Why? That's all I can ask about these changes is why. Oh my god, this is going to be bad. <sighs> Mana potions, on the other hand, are being removed. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't. Our decision to remove mana pots goes along with the same philosophy as starting items. 100 mana tends to benefit certain types of champions over others, with mana costs being balanced around individual champion kits and can wildly shift from being a mediocre purchase to a very cost-efficient one. By removing mana po potions, we can better balance the champion ability cost with the mana regeneration stat, while also streamlining the sustain game of League. Yeah, you guys really did a great job with mana regen at the beginning of Season 5, didn't you, Riot? I don't... Why... Why are we fixing things that aren't broken? Nobody... In the history of League of Legends... Okay, I'll take that back. Back when you could start with 13 potions as Mordekaiser in lane, or 9 potions or however many it was, that was bad. But since then... When you can only start five, it's, no one has looked at potions and been like, that's what we need to change. That's been holding back League of Legends from becoming what it truly can. It's the health potions. No, it's the juggernaut. No, <laughs> it's not just the juggernauts. It, it, it just, why are we focusing on mana potions and health potions when there are clearly bigger issues at hand that need to be dealt with? Like juggernaut. The Rift Herald. It's no secret that players who depart from the top lane can end up feeling isolated without a dragon to contest. Rather than just flipping the map on its head, then bot lane would just go top lane. I feel like I understand more about this game than Riot Games does. Sometimes. <laughs> doesn't. This dev block doesn't make any sense! Why? Nobody was suggesting that you flip the map on its head! Then the top laners would just go bot! It doesn't make sense! Nothing in this dev block makes any sense! Oh my god! I don't know what I'm reading! <laughs> I... Why? <laughs> this is all 100% real emotion, I promise. I'm so sorry for my headphone users. Anyways, the Rift Herald. 
rather than just flipping the map on its head or exploring ways to bring some relevancy to the North so top laners can feel like they're interacting with their team before the 15-minute mark. Yes, that's called dragons. Okay, anyways, I have less beef with the Rift Herald than the other stuff. The gif that's along with it doesn't illuminate anything. Master Yi smites it for like 1,800 damage, but at least he's playing Master Yi, a really, really good choice of a champion. But uh, no, for real, I don't really understand why he does so much damage to it. But Rift Herald, man, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's again another anti-snowball thing because it gives... Well, they're taking Dragon. Well, we can go get the Rift Herald. Yeah, second place. And, eh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but it just proves again the anti-snowball because there's no way to contest the Rift Herald and the Dragon at the same time, I would assume, because they're in different spots. So that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. But the one thing that I can see that coming out of this that would be cool is reducing the teleport meta. Because if you're going to want to fight over this a lot, you might want to take Ignite to be able to kill your lane opponent and be able to take that. Might make Ignite top laners more popular again, which would be cool, because I like Ignite top lane meta. I think it's pretty pretty fun one to play in. Instead of just having tanks beating the crap out of each other top lane, which everyone loves, we can have champions like Riven or other champions that like to do a lot of damage top lane and just beating the crap out of each other to try and get the Rift Herald. That would be fun. That would make me want to play top lane more, but we'll see. Maybe it won't. Maybe teleport's just too good right now, but I would definitely... I don't actually have any problem with this. I was more laughing at the flipping the map on its head because that literally made no sense. <laughs> Details are still being sussed out, but expect to meet something new on Summoner's Rift in the early phases of the game. Defeat it and gain single target boat and gain single target buff focused on early game. Gain a single target buff. A single target buff. Right. <laughs> can I edit these? Like, can I can I look over these before they get published to prevent this? Anyways, gain single target buff focused on early game power and pushing down the lane. Neato. So it's mini Baron buff. <sighs> wrapping up. Thank God we're wrapping up. Oh, I'm so happy. I thought it would never come. <laughs> We've got a few more changes on the way. No. No, don't. No. <laughs> but the above are some of our big gameplay plans for the preseason. That said, we're not going to stop the conversation here. Can we? We'll keep you updated on our progress while also sharing more of our long-term vision. Vision? Ward reworks? <laughs> so bad so stay tuned after the world finals for more on the preseason and 2016 season this is the worst devlog i've ever read for a video game ever this is bad like this is gonna suck when it comes out i'm sorry but i i just don't foresee any possible way for this to come out and be yeah great job riot i just i legitimately don't see that happening with any of these changes we're removing mana potions because Champions have different mana costs. Maybe, hear me out, maybe champions who are more reliant on mana bought mana potions. And champions who weren't as reliant on mana didn't buy them. Whoa! Maybe mana potions don't actually affect the game that much. Huh. That's crazy, isn't it? 
we're we're making the game easier again, apparently. The only good change I would say is the Rift Herald. The mastery things are probably not going to be bad, but they're not going to do anything. It's still just going to be, I'm playing X champion, I'm going with X mastery point for 100 out of the 120 champions. Every game, it's going to be that. And what Riot doesn't really seem to understand is that League of Legends is not a game that's decided in champion select. You don't decide how you're going to play in champion select. It's a game that evolves throughout the 40 minutes that you spend playing it. You don't know how the game's going to go when you queue up. You have no idea. You might you might get 18 kills as Irelia and have a good old time just pentakilling them 1v5. Or you might feed because you're facing Renekton, and then your lane is screwed, and you have to kind of figure out ways to get back into the game while keeping Renekton from just solo carrying. It's, it's a game that evolves as you play it. So making all the quote-unquote meaningful decisions focused around champion select and masteries and runes and blah, 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 all that garbage, doesn't do anything. League of Legends is not meant to be a game that's decided in champions. Like, I understand that the draft is a very important part of the game, especially in the pro scene. I'm talking very quickly, I'm sorry, but it's not the main part. You should be able to win with most team compositions as long as you've got all the roles filled. So, you know, that. Not excited, guys. <laughs> not excited. And I know that I said I read through this before, so you might think a lot of the emotions were faked, but a lot of it doesn't sound that dumb until you read it out loud. <laughs> it's just like, what am I reading? There's always the chance that I'm wrong, and this is going to be the greatest season of League of Legends ever, but I don't think it's likely. Well, we'll see. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. We'll see. Well, actually, that's not all I'm going to say. I've I've already said enough, but we'll see how it how it goes. Not super optimistic. One might even call me pessimistic. I feel like a Let's Player for 12-year-olds with all the maniacal laughing that I've done, but... Oh. Ah. Uh, ooh. Ah. Okay. No more, no more noises. Let's hope that I'm wrong and that this is, turns out great, but... I've said enough about the topic. Thank you guys for downloading this episode of League of Legends Radio. If you guys enjoyed it, please be sure to... Give us a like. Follow me on Twitter at LO Legends Radio. Send me some tweets. I want to hear what you guys have to say about this this uh, new preseason for season six of League of Legends. It's gonna be crazy, bro. But again, coming out with different kinds of content soon: YouTube, Twitch, vlogs, blogs, actual blogs, like typing words. I can do that. I got a computer. See, I make fun of Riot for all the dumb crap they say, but then I say that, so who's really to blame here? Still Riot. Still 100% Riot is to blame, but whatever. Thank you guys for downloading this episode of League of Legends Radio. Glad you sat through all the screaming. Catch you on the flippity-flop. This has been League of Legends Radio.